prayers. Father, we thank you, faithful Father, for you are the God that answers prayers. You are the one that feeds all mankind. Thank you, Lord, for this time. We ask that you feed us with your word this morning, that we will be blessed and will not remain the same in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please open your Bible with me to Acts chapter 3. We're going to read from verse 1 to 10. Acts 3, verse 1 to 10. Anybody can read this? Now Peter and John went up together into the temple mm. at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Mm. And a certain man's name from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid the daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, mm. to ask arms of them that entered into the temple. Who see Peter and John the God to go into the temple, axe and arms. And Peter fastened his eye upon him with John, said, Look on us, and gave him unto them, and said to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I not, mm. for such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, yes, rise up and walk. Mm. And took him by the right hand, and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and apple bones received his strength, mm. and lived up, stood, and walked, and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And God For us at the beautiful gates of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which has happened unto him. The Lord will fill the mouth of your neighbors and your friends and your enemies with wonders and amazement about you, Jesus. Verse 7 says, Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Those who recognized you by the identity of your challenge are in for a surprise in the name of Jesus. By the time you leave the service, they will no longer recognize you. In the name of Jesus. Whatever has mobilized you, whatever has made you stay on one spot, whatever has kept you within a box, I speak to it today that you will challenge those limitations and you get out of them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So this morning we're going to be talking about something like that, challenging your limitations. Somebody say that. Challenging your limitations. Can you say it one more time? Challenging your limitations. Uh, so now we looked at uh, this text last week and we were taught how to raise our expectations. That without an expectation, there's nothing that can even happen. You need to have an expectation and have a high expectation. Now, having looked at that, we want to look at how to challenge our limitations. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, the context behind this story uh, is that after the ascension of Christ, the apostles themselves found it difficult to explain the church. Everybody knew that they were, they were first called Christians at Antioch. But that was a lot, lot of years between when Christ resurrected and when they were called Christians. At first, they were, they were called the 
they were the, the, the religion was called the way. So they didn't really have a name. They even found it difficult to explain the concept uh, of, of the church because it is difficult. There was a little bit of confusion among people. Some believed John the Baptist, remember? Some thought John the Baptist was the Messiah until uh, because he came with the message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And why would they even think John the Baptist was the Messiah? Because he was a son or a priest. Both his father and mother are from the lineage of Aaron. So, John the Baptist looks like it. So he grew up among the priests. That was why when he was speaking to the Pharisees and he was calling them serpents and vipers, they, they, it was easier for them to forgive him. Let's look at the context of Nigeria. You know these children of these big men, it is easier for them to abuse each other, abuse their fathers. They are homologous, they shut out of souls, but they don't show forgive Well, let's you or me who don't know your father in the political sphere go and abuse someone and see what they will do. And then you want to now apply They will remind you that this was that guy. So when John the Baptist was abusing the rulers of the Pharisees in those days, they were like, okay, ah, oh, he's the son of Zachariah. Okay, okay. It's easier. So because he was part of them, he grew up among them. Although when he was mature enough, he went into the wilderness. But they know that who they can trace his life, they use his father. But after everything, they just and for you to, for them to, to, because they were thirsty for a leader. At that time, they were being ruled by, he did, by, by, by foreigners. So, like, imagine, imagine till now, if it is still British, the British are, are ruling us. Imagine that all our money, like some Francophone countries now, all their money is kept in France. Imagine all the money of, of Nigeria, eh? Legally, rather than the Central Bank of England. And the England will now start dozing out. Okay, what do you need? I don't know. You don't need us to that. From our own money, so we'll be angry. Just like our forefathers were angry that we want independence. So they, they too, they were, they were, I mean, agitating that a Messiah will soon come. And they wanted a Messiah that would not just be a religious deliverer, will also be a military, a political leader to save them from these heathen rulers. So John the Baptist looked like looks like it. That was why even the Pharisees were queuing up, lining up to come and be baptized by John. Until all of a sudden, John pointed out, pointed to someone from the crowd, saying, Behold the Lamb of God, we take it away the seed of the world. Now, if John was the Messiah, it's still looking like it, it's still part of us, Harawa number one. But this guy, that one does one of these guys was sweet now. Don't you know this guy? His father was a carpenter. Do you understand? The last time we're looking at it, doesn't look like it. So that confusion uh, came. This guy was like, ah, now my guy for area. Now I know that's something this guy. I know this guy. We used to play football together. It, this one cannot be the Messiah. Many times, religious people are demoralized when God does not come in the form of their tradition. Religious people are demoralized when God doesn't come in the form of their tradition. 
if God doesn't show up the way they know, ah, this is God. This is how God shows up. Religious people always get demoralized. And this caused division. Eventually, we know John was killed. Hallelujah. So, now, division. Some believe John. Some believe Jesus. Some did not even believe either of them. As John or Jesus, some didn't even believe. So they went back to the faith of their fathers. We've known this one. This one has been. Judaism has been the faith of our fathers since 3,000 years. So, three years into the ministry of Jesus, he was crucified. There was argument, although there was earthquake when Jesus was crucified, the uh, day turned to night. They were still confused. A bit of, ah, I believe this guy was the Messiah, or was the thing he was saying true or not. Until after three days, bam, Jesus rose up from the dead. When Jesus rose up, and now, why did it take the Pharisees and the leaders or rulers of the law at that time? They even went as far as bribing people to keep the resurrection silent. That shows the resurrection is it. That's the thing. So now, but what did Jesus do? When Jesus resurrected, he could have showed himself to the world. But who did he choose himself? He showed himself to. He revealed himself to the disciples. When it comes to resurrected anointing, it is reserved for the people of God. When it comes to God showing up to, to give us the things that has got to do with resurrection, the anointing that comes, he said, with the spirit that raises Jesus from the dead, dwells in you. That spirit will quicken your mortal body. For you to understand that, for you to experience that, you have to be a person of God. The resurrected anointing is reserved for the people of God. Praise the Lord. So, in the early days of any Christian work, God encourages you with signs and wonders, miracles, so that when you get to an obstacle, you can have a reference. But as you grow up, you no longer need to be eating and believing because of miracles. Signs and wonders, miracles, are for baby believers. We need to get to a stage in God that we say, even though he's slaving, like Job said, still, I will trust him. The three group boys say that, we know that this our God is able to deliver us. Even if he doesn't deliver us, that is the stage every mature Christian should get to. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at this. There was a story I heard about uh, the Eastern Negro persecution of Christians. So, the soldiers, those, all those places that is minus 30, minus 40 degrees. So, now they were the persecutors of Christians. They took them from their prison cells and put them uh, beside a lake in the heavy thick snow. They put all their clothes. Those guys were freezing to death. The soldiers had a fire place uh, just ahead and said, whenever any one of you is real, whenever you are, you are ready to deny Christ, just come. Come and join us. We'll give you clothes. You will be in a fire place to warm yourself. About five of them or so, I'm not sure the number. But one by one, they were freezing to death. They were freezing to death. They were dying. The last one, 
was about to die and was trusting God. God, deliver me. He's not the first person that. He's not the second person that. He's not the third person that. Ah. He just said, No, God, I'm not being again. He ran away. He ran to come and meet the soldiers for protection. One of the soldiers just stood up and ran. Was running, No, don't go. Run to, ran to where he was to put off his clothes. Ran to the lake. And you're now asking what happened. He said he would, God opened his eyes and one person was each of them was dying. He saw angels, he saw glory, angels taking their soul, bringing crowns, taking their soul to heaven, bringing crowns, bringing crowns. The last one was about to die. The angel was about bringing the crown. But the, as the guy was living like the night, the angel was about to go back with the crown. The guy was running after the angel. Don't go. Give me the crown. Give me the crown. Signs and wonders are for baby Christians. We need to get to a point whereby in our, in our Christian world, that I, I know what I did tell God in, in stages like that, that, I know that you are my father. I know you, even if you kill me, it is for my advantage. You understand? When you trust God to a, to a certain that I know you are my father and I know you love me. So even if this thing I'm going through, if it takes my life, I know it is because you love me that it takes my life. We need to get to that stage with God. Praise the Lord. So the apostles came to the synagogue to preach to the congregation of princes. Remember all the things we said. Some believe in John. John has died. Some believe who believe in Jesus. Some went back to the days, and the apostles were coming to the temple to preach to this congregation of preachers. It is easier to preach among believers. A number of us uh, were during the pastors' conference. We had an analysis session where we brought in some campus fellowship presidents from all over, a couple of campuses across Nigeria. So the young man from one of the campuses in Southwest. Heavy, lovely guy was giving us strategies that are using to catch them young, get to go to clubs, go to places that normally fellowship will not be seen to go and preach the gospel. Amazing strategy. The guy from the north just laughed. We can't do that here. <laughs> yeah, that's, we have to, our own strategy has ah, You have to take permission from there that I want to preach you. <laughs> Can I preach to you, sir? And you do it subtly. But God understands. Now, it will be immature for of the guy from the south to be judging the guy in the north and say that, ah, here, we do our event. The old school authority was even against them, sent all the campus fellowships out of school. I have to encourage him that we also felt, I mean, we faced the same persecution during our days on campus. They sent us out of campus and things like that. So they are looking for somewhere outside campus to be meeting. Whereas, the one from the south, the school management is, is aiming them, go ahead, well, that's our children. So it is easy to preach among your fellow, uh, I mean, we can go out in the, I remember I said in the north, I said in Yobe, Damaturu, we used to go to villages for evangelism. And when we go to those villages for rural rugged, we don't, uh, we, we come in the form of uh, CDS. What does that CDS say? What's it? Is? Oh, community development service. That we just must come and develop our community. We give them drugs. We bring drugs. We have doctors among us, pharmacists, and veterinary, especially veterinary doctors. 
and we're coming to we treat the animals for free. They are happy, we treat their children. Some of their children, their daughters only place their hair in one of the villages. They only place their hair on Saturday, once in a year. Yes, life. So there are sisters who come, who place their hair, who, who wash their, who treat their hair, who bath the hair of the boys. So that's what we come there. All those things, while we are doing that, we'll bring band, we'll be singing. And we get not mention Jesus. All the Christian songs that we are singing, we change Jesus to daddy or father. <laughs> so like, thank you, daddy. Thank you, my Lord. Or daddy is a mighty God. He's a mighty God. That's what we used to say. Just not to offend their sensitivities. But our fellow brethren who serve in the South, they will even go to the shrine of the brethren and say, that's it, Jesus. It is easier <laughs> to preach among Christians. Our Dubai, our, our brethren in, in, in the Arab, in the, in fact, our brethren in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia officially has zero non-Muslims. Officially, everyone in Saudi Arabia is a Muslim. They don't, they will tell you, if you are a foreigner, I want to practice your religion. Practice it inside your room. Inside your room. So, it will be, it will be unfair for me in Nigeria, where I can do live streaming of my service, to be criticizing uh, our pastor in Saudi Arabia or, or Qatar. Or Afghanistan, who are or even Gambia here, there's some uh, Muslim countries in, in Africa who are doing serious, serious underground. One of our fathers uh, gave a story. He went on a mission field in Liberia just after the Civil War, and uh, it was just a, I think it was during the pastoral uh, uh, college, and it was just telling us how to present the gospel per time. So Liberia at that time, they've killed most of their male. So the female ran into the bush. After the civil war, the female now came out. So they have very few men left. So ladies just go around looking for who to sleep with so that they can get pregnant and preserve so that their generation don't wipe out. So they were just going about. Just, please, just impregnate me, don't worry. Please, that's how they were going. Now, how will a pastor come to such and they come to church? They believe in Jesus. And your first sermon is that all of you that are getting pregnant outside, outside the wedlock. How do you so you have to first nurture them? He is the pain of the world because they are still crying of their fathers and their brothers and their husbands and their sons that were killed. They are still crying of that one. You cannot come and be insensitive and start shouting, hey, if you go to fire, you are dead. Do you understand? So, it would be unfair for a pastor who came from Nigeria, who were expressing peace. Everybody come to church, come go and get married and blah, blah, blah. But that place is different. So, you have to first groom them. It is when they get to a certain stage. And I cannot start introducing those things. So, what I'm saying, why I'm saying all this is it's easier to preach among people who are not your critics. 
Hallelujah. Amen. So these guys, these the apostles came into the temple to preach to their pities. And some of us are waiting for a perfect atmosphere before we do what God asks us to do. Please, turn your Bibles with me to Ecclesiastes 11.4. I want us to read in maybe two or three translations. Ecclesiastes 11.4. He that observes the wind shall not sow. Yes. And he that regardeth the cloud hmm. shall not sow. Amen. Amen. Let's read another translation. Yes, ma'am. Never plants. Never plants. Yes. Wash every cloud. Yes. They never have it. Oh, it's going to rain today. Ah, we're not going now. It's going to rain today. We're not going now. If you are looking for the, you are waiting for the right, perfect, exact time to sow, you will never sow. So, some of us are waiting for everything to be perfect before we launch out. <laughs> when God asked us to start this church. At that time, when we were starting in our house, it was after four services, four weeks, that God provided this place. But if we if we'd be waiting to get a venue before starting, probably we'll be waiting till now. Because we may not have gotten this place. Do you understand my point? So when God asks you to do something, just go out and do it. Praise the Lord. And all through scriptures, God will never, God has never put man in comfort before asking him to accomplish what he has him to do. God will put, God put Moses in the midst of Pharaoh and asked him to go and tell Pharaoh to release you. God has never made all things like everything peaceful. Yeah, go. No. It is always in that same chaotic situation that we glorify himself. And the reason, as a church or as, as a people, the reason why we've not seen the move of God is that we are, we, are, we are waiting for God to put our blessing on remote control, on cruise control, and hand it over to us. God, I just want to be going, I'm blessing, blessing, follow me, bless, just blessing to be dropping. As much as that's it, those, the people that we are looking at that are blessed, and uh, uh, we are looking at wow, everywhere blessing is just following them. Those guys have paid a dues for at least 10 years. About a decade ago, I did a research, personal research. Everybody that, except the people that are, that added something, you know, but everybody that has prospered in ministry. As of 10 years ago, when I was doing that, they've been in ministry consistently for at least 10 to 15 years. Trust me, before that expansion, that boom, they've been consistent for at least 10 years before the Lord expands them. Now, you will see a 20-year-old ministry. Let's look at that anybody, for instance. It was the GO in 1980. It was lucky 98 that expanded the ministry. Please help me remove 1998 from 1980. 18 years as a geo. That was not when he became pastor. He was a geo for 18 years. 
before the Lord expanded the ministry. Now, after, now after 20, uh, 40, how many years now? 40 years now. In 1982, this time, it's 42 years. After 42 years, a boy that just started ministry yesterday will be comparing himself and looking for results of a 42 year back to back labor. Look at anybody, even in this Abuja, any of these churches, uh, Pastor Paul Adel Farasi, Pastor Paul Adel Farasi has been using Muzon Center in Lagos when we were in secondary school in the 90s, in the mid 90s. Now, you want, you want to build a church, Rock Cathedral, like, like Pastor Paul Adel Farasi tomorrow. The man that started ministry in 1996. Do you understand my point? So when we look at this, let's look at the, the when we look at the because the Bible says they write the vision into uh, make this plain that those who run will read it. They know the vision uh wait for it, for it shall speak in the end. No vision speaks at the beginning. Visions speak at the end. It's at the end that is the is that testimony we are listening to. It's at the end that we are seeing that oh God told me this. 20 years ago. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So if you are ready to challenge your limitations and move forward today, you will experience God like never before. Don't mind the people who criticize or laugh at you. If you can say like Job, though he slay me, still I will trust him. Write this down. God is able to do his business in the midst of a chaotic situation. God is able to do his business in the midst of a chaotic situation and not stop the situation and still get the glory in the situation. God is able to do his business in the midst of a chaotic situation and not stop the situation and still get his glory in the situation and he will not deliver you from it but delivers you in it allows you to go through it and keep you from it God is able to do his business in the midst of a chaotic situation and not stop the situation and still get the glory from the situation. It will not deliver you from it, but it delivers you in the situation, allows you to go through it, but keeps you from it. It will keep you from being harmed. You will still go through it. That was why that's why the Bible says, where I go through fire, you will not quench the fire, sir. But you will pass through the fire. But you will not be lost by the fire. God is able to take you through fire, not quenching the fire. He will not deliver you from the fire. But it will make you pass through the fire. Keep you from being burnt by the fire. That's the kind of God we serve. If someone can challenge their limitations today, you will see that it is not just about delivering me from evil, but 
What can make you pass through evil and evil will not have anything on you? The Bible says about the three Hebrew boys, they went through the fire. They were not even smelling on smoke. You know, if fire burns their clothes and they did that, you know it's still a miracle. You know, if they were smelling of smoke and they did not die, it's still a miracle. They were not even smelling of smoke and God did kill the fire. That is the kind of God we serve. If you can challenge your limitation today, when God says go, no matter the surrounding situation, just go. God is telling someone to do something today. You feel that, ah, my background doesn't limit me. Ah, it limits me. Oh, my family situation limits me. My children will limit me. Oh, I can't speak enough English. Oh, I don't know this much. Oh, I can't do this. My who knows my father in this land. Blah, 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 blah. When God says, go, that's what you need. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, even among the Christians, among those who believe Jesus in this scripture, there was still a little bit of controversy. Because some were teaching that you need to still be following the laws of Moses. Uh, there were still teaching circumcision, Sabbath, and all those things. So, we have some these circumcised Jews looking down on the uncircumcised ones, the Gentiles. If I had to call them Gentiles, they had to imagine, imagine if in church we have people that we call, and we have two classes of people. We call some people holy, and some people uh, fleshy. And, and officially, oh no, me, I'm sent to the, I'm sent to the fleshy. Oh no, me, I'm sent to the holy. Officially in the church nowadays, how will you feel? We say that, oh, holy people sit on this side. Fleshy people, this is your seat. And it is, you understand? That was what was happening in the church at that time. Jesus, God had to appear to Peter. Three times they brought the meal that he was calling, that was unholy in the Jewish tradition. Three times to Peter. And his response is what, what, what gets to me every time. He said, No, Lord. He didn't say no. He knew it was the Lord. But yet, his tradition will still not allow him to say yes, Lord. He said, no, Lord. If he said no, we can say that maybe he was thinking that it was not from the Lord. He knows that this was from the Lord. He still said no. So there was still controversy among the believers. Although it is not like that today, but is it not, is it not, is it not still happening? When people are washed by the blood, when people are saved from their sin, don't we still look at them for them? Does the church still not judge and say these are the set of sinners? These are the set of holy people. But I came to announce to you, when you have been washed by the blood and you have been saved, just watch God announce to your enemies. Don't worry about trying to prove yourself. Watch God announce your enemies that you've been washed by the blood. So the church at this time also was distracted by the work of God from the God of the world. The church, and these days, the church is also distracted. We are distracted by activities. We are distracted 
by the work of God from the God of the world. They were busy building kingdom and they lost the heart of the king. While they were going through all these changes, arguing over trivial things, arguing over the resurrection as part, the people that believe that, oh, Jesus was the son of God, they are still arguing about, oh, you need to be circumcised, you need to observe Sabbath, you need to observe some of the laws of Moses. No, don't observe this one. While they were doing that one, there was a lame man at the gates. This guy didn't care about anything. He didn't care about what was good. All those the arguments, he no concern now. All he does is that this is my condition. And he's been lame all his life. The Bible says he was carried dead by someone else. When you are really broken, when you are going through issues in life, you need extra help. Don't be ashamed to ask for that extra help. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So he was at that time looking towards Peter and John. But they had something greater to make this guy challenge his limitation. Somebody is going to throw down bull and overcome their limitation today in the name of Jesus. Amen. God is about to take that cup of begging, that cup of dependence on, on people, incessant dependence, that cup of immaturity. God is taking it out of you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, He was looking towards people. Some of us, because we are late in certain areas, if, if we are so petty, if someone, if people don't come to check up on you after church, if they didn't come to call me, uh, I'm angry. I'm all those petty issues. The Lord is taking you out of that. You are becoming more mature in life in the name of Jesus. No longer will you be need to people again in the name of Jesus. The Lord is making you mature in the name of Jesus. The Lord is making you mature in the name of Jesus. The man was sitting at the gates and the verge of breakthrough, too far to be in. Too far to be out. Everything that is making you close to your deliverance for years, today I speak and end to it in the name of Jesus. As you challenge the limitations in your life, today you are getting great things in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's go and feed. Let's go and feed. Let's thank the Lord for this sermon. Let's thank Him. Let's appreciate Him. Let's thank you for the message you have sent to us. Let's thank you. Let's thank you for the message you have sent to us. Let's thank you. Let's appreciate you. Lord, we thank you for the sermon, for the message you sent to us today. Father, we give you glory. Father, we give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's say, Father, what limited my parents will not limit me. Come on, begin to pray, begin to pray, begin to pray. In the name of Jesus, Lord, what limited my parents will not limit me. What limited my father will not limit me. What limited my grandfather will not limit me. In the name of Jesus, Lord, what limited my parents will not limit me. In Jesus' name we pray. Say, I break the witness patterns. Shout to say, I break the witness patterns of limitation in my life. In the name of Jesus, begin to pray. I break the witness pattern of limitation. Break 